Go ahead and stand for a second.
May God bless you is my earnest prayer. Yours in Christ, Evan Roberts. And this is what Frank Barnum said. And I'll let you guys sit down in a minute, but not yet. Because this is powerful. This is what he said a hundred years ago, and this is what we're about to step into. Slowly but surely, the conviction is coming upon the saints of Southern California that God is going to pour out his spirit here as in Wales. We are having faith for things as we have never dreamed of for the near future. We are assured of no less than Pentecost for this whole country. But we can never have the Pentecostal results without Pentecostal power. And this will mean Pentecostal demonstration. Few care to meet God face to face. And then he wrote, the current of revival is sweeping by our door. Will we cast ourselves on its mighty bosom and ride to glorious victory? A year of life at this time with its wonderful possibilities for God is worth a hundred years of wonder. Pentecost is knocking at our doors. The revival for our country is no longer a question. Slowly but surely, the tide has been rising until the very near future, we believe for a deluge of salvation that will sweep all before you. Wales will not stand alone in this glorious triumph of Christ. The spirit of reviving is coming upon us, driven by the breath of God, the Holy Ghost. The clouds are gathering rapidly. Big with the mighty rain, whose precipitation lingers Heroes will arise from the dust of obscure and despised circumstances, whose names will be emblazoned on heaven's eternal page of fame. The spirit is brooding, brooding over our land again. Let there be light. Brother, sister, if we all believe God, can you realize what would actually happen? Many of us are living for nothing else. A volume of believing prayers ascending to the throne night and day. Los Angeles, Southern California, and the whole continent shall surely find itself long in the throes of a mighty revival by the Spirit and the power of God.
Zeus' street was a revival marked by people coming from around the world to have an encounter with God, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, God, we ask that you give us a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit. We ask for a baptism of love, power, fire, and intimacy to come. It was people just hungry for more of you. It was people hungry for more of you that brought one of the biggest revivals we've ever seen. And so, God, make us hungrier for more of you in this moment, God. Apprehend us today.
continue to just allow him to mark you with his fire, continue to consecrate your hearts and your lives to him. This is open. Everything is open. Just position yourself for however you want um, to encounter God. If we could get the slideshow up, please. Um, that would be great.
the first few months' rent and said, you know what, God's called me to start this. She was like 23 years old. I'm going to trust that when he starts, he's going to finish. So with only a few months' rent, she stepped out in faith and rented it. And to this day, it still exists long after she's come and gone from that one decision. So when I had money for only the deposit and the first month's rent, and I was moving towards this house I believe God had given me a vision for, but later become known as Destiny House, I'm pulling from this girl, Carrie Jen Montgomery's faith. And I'm saying, if she can do it, then I can do it. But I'm scared to death, and I think this could be the biggest mistake of my life. And I'm like in the car at the Wells Fargo, in, in Reading, trembling, because I feel like all my money is going there, and it doesn't come next month, I made the biggest mistake in my life. But I'm remembering this girl named Carrie Jo Montgomery, who when she was 23, she said yes to believe in the Holy Spirit, and it still exists today. So from her faith, I pulled from that, I stepped in, and three years later, we have all three floors, 16 people, and God meets us. And we're actually modeling around the Welsh Revival and Azusa Street Revival. Our meetings on Friday mornings, the only agenda is to encounter God. <laughs> It's just worship. We just want worship, prayer, and testimony. We want to encounter God. But it all came from the power of the testimony and from revival history. And so next slide, please. So we're going to Azusa Street. And this is a special, a special revival. William J. Seymour, African-American, blind in one eye. His parents grew up as um, slaves, but he loved God. He would pray four to five hours a day. He was hungry for God. He wanted God. He ended up going to a school in Texas. Charles Parham was a teacher talking about this new kind of doctrine of hungry for the baptism of the Spirit, speaking in tongues. He, he wasn't able to even make it into the class. He had to sit outside the hallway, and he learned, and he, and he got hungry for God, hungry for God. Someone invited him to Los Angeles, so he went out to Los Angeles in 1906 in February, and he started preaching this new doctrine of baptism of the Spirit, another blessing, and he got kicked out of his church. They locked the doors on him, and he had nowhere else to go. So this family, Edward, he was Edward Lee, invited him to his house to do a meeting. So he came, Edward Lee invited him, and they had this prayer meeting in this house and just went after God, were hungry for more of God. And God crashed in. He was preaching on Acts 2-4 when the disciples were waiting on God for Pentecost, waiting for the Holy Spirit. And as he was preaching, this girl named Jenny Moore started speaking in tongues. And this is before people spoke in tongues. This is when it wasn't as common as it is today. So this was like a new breakthrough. So what is the new sign of wonder going to be in our generation? And are we going to criticize it? Are we going to be afraid of it? Are we going to run the other way? A lot of revivals, the, the people that forerun and pioneer broke into the next move of God, they're the first to criticize what comes next. So are we going to be people that even if it looks weird... Are we going to be like, I'm going to test this. I'm going to be open to this. I'm going to hunger after what God is doing in our generation. Because we don't know what signs and wonders God's going to do in this next revival. And we might get criticized because they were getting criticized. So anyways, she gets 
She speaks in tongues, gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaks in tongues, never played piano in her life, goes over to the piano, starts playing the piano and singing in tongues in the anointing. Gets rock. People start hearing, people start gathering black and white people. This is before Martin Luther King Jr. They're coming together. The color line was washed away in the blood. This was a mark of this revival. It didn't matter where they were from, what nationality, what creed. They came for one purpose, to encounter the living God. They didn't want anything else but Jesus. Uh, William J. Seymour, the man up there, you go on the next slide. This is the house that the, that the revival started at, and I'm not sure if you guys get to visit or not, but you should go um, visit it when you're in LA. The next slide, please. This is William J. Seymour, and he would actually... be in prayer and hide under a, a shoebox some of the times before he preached, just to get alone with God. This is what he said at one point. Prior to my meeting, the Lord had sanctified me of sin and led me into a deeper life of prayer, assigning five hours of the 25 hours every day for prayer. The prayer life continued for three and a half years, when one day I prayed the Holy Ghost said to me, there are better things to be had in the spiritual life, but they must be sought out with faith and prayer. So that I was quickened in my soul, and I spent seven out of the 24 hours praying until the baptism fell on us. Presence of God crashes, and they have continuous meetings for three years straight. 24-7, people coming from around the world to encounter God. People would get the gift of tongues in that moment. They'd actually speak a real language, like Chinese, and the next day they'd have money, and they would go to China, believing that they could speak that language because God had anointed them for that country. They didn't wait around. They thought Jesus was coming back soon, so they went. And so people were hungry. They figured out later, you know, it might be good to learn the language, but they were hungry for, for what God was doing. The next slide, please. So what would it look like if people drove by the Civic and they called the fire department because it looked like the Civic was on fire? What would happen if in your home you were worshiping and praying and seeking the Lord with your brothers and sisters around you and people called the fire department because it looked like your house was on fire. It's the fire of God was there. That actually happened in Azusa. The same thing happened even in India. There's a story in Pandita Rambai, the same around 1904, an orphanage, revival's breaking out, the girls are praying, they're praying. One girl wakes up, sees another girl on fire, so she goes to get a bucket of water, gets ready to throw it on her, to throw out the fire, realizes it's the fire of God. So this was happening. The thing, the other thing that marked this revival was the Shekinah glory. The glory of God appeared and marked the people. I'm just going to close with a couple more encounters of what actually happened at the revival. 
since I'm running out of time. But this is actual accounts of what a meeting at Azusa would have been like. And the reason I read these is because what if God can do it again and even greater? This is just this is just what we're building on. We're going to go even further than this. And so this is what happened at one of the meetings. Brother Seymour sat behind two empty shoeboxes. He usually kept his head inside of one during the meeting in prayer. There was no pride. The services ran almost continuously. Seeking souls could be found under the power almost any hour, night and day. The place was never closed nor empty. The people came to meet God. He was always there. Hence, a continuous meeting. The meeting did not depend on a human leader. God's presence became more and more wonderful. In that old building, God took strong men and women to pieces and put them together again for his glory. It was a tremendous overhauling process. No one knew what might be coming, what God would do. All was spontaneous and ordered by the Spirit. We wanted to hear from God through whoever might speak. When we first reached the meeting, we avoided as much as possible human contact and greeting. We wanted to meet God first. We got our head under some venture in a corner of prayer and met only men in the spirit, knowing them no longer after the flesh. The meetings started themselves spontaneously in testimony, praise, and worship. We had no prearranged program to be jammed through on time. Our time was the Lord's. We had real testimonies from fresh heart experience, otherwise shorter testimonies the better. A dozen might be on their feet at one time, trembling under the mighty power of God. We were shut up to God in prayer meetings, our minds on Him. God Himself would give the altar call. Men would fall over the house like slain in battle or rush to the altar and mass to seek God. The Shekinah glory rested there. In fact, some claim to have seen the glory by night over the building. I do not doubt it. I have stopped more than once within two blocks of the place and prayed for strength before I dared go on. The presence of the Lord was so beautiful. So I will close with this. This prayer in June 1906. By Frank Bartleman. Frank Bartleman, if you go to the next slide. He is the revival historian who captured the power of the testimony. If it wasn't for him, we might not have much of the history of Jesus history. So I want to charge some people in this room. Maybe God's going to raise up some of you to write the testimony, to capture it through video, to steward the testimony of what God's about to pour out there so that generations from now, they can feast on what God does in our day and go even further. So this is what he wrote in 1906, just a couple months after Azusa Street had started. And this is for us today. Opportunity once passed is lost forever. There is a time when the tide is sweeping by our door. 
we may then plunge in and be carried to glorious blessing, success, and victory. To stand shivering on the bank, timid or paralyzed with stupor at such a time, is to miss all and must miserably fail, both for time and eternity. Oh, our responsibility. The mighty tide of God's grace and favor is even now sweeping up by us in its prayer-directed course. There's a river of salvation on the streams where we make glad the city of our God. It is time to get together, BSSM class, to be unified in one vision under the leadership of this community and under God. It is time to get together and plunge in, individually and collectively. We are baptized in one spirit into one body. Let us lay aside all carnal contentions and divisions that separate us from each other and from God. For we are his body, we are one body. The opportunity of a lifetime, of centuries, is at our door to be eternally gained or lost. There is no time to hesitate. Act quickly, lest another take thy crown. O Church of Christ, awake, be baptized with power, then fly to rescue others and to meet your Lord. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for what you did in Azusa Street, God. I thank you that you are positioning us to step into this next great move. And God, I pray a blessing over this class of BSSM that we would be pioneers, that we wouldn't even have to wait till April to the call to launch this next generation into this new great awakening, but you would start even today. Start even now. Let there be signs and wonders being birthed from this class that just overflow and overflow and overflow and bless what Lou is doing in the call. Bless what God is doing in Los Angeles. So God, start here. Start now, just like you did with Wales before Azusa Street. Start in Reading before Los Angeles. We say, come again, God. We are here. We are yours. We are surrendered. Burning us like never before. In Jesus' name. Amen.